You are now listening to Halos in the Infield, an Angels baseball exclusive podcast. Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of Halos in the Infield with your host, Todd Fox, and the other host of the show, Fernando. Coming to you live from where? Dallas, Texas. Uh oh, Big D. Big D in the house. Yeah, yeah. Texas Tech and all that stuff. Mr. Tex, I don't know. <laughs> People here in Texas, like, for whatever godforsaken reason, like, love Texas. Like, Texas could do no wrong in their eyes. I don't know if it's just like a brainwash thing where they're like, this state is so bad, we're going to convince you that it's good. <laughs> yeah, Texas people have a lot of pride in that uh, that state for sure. Um, real quick, let's settle the debate real quick since we don't talk about it on here, but we talked about it at the minor league game in six 66ers game. Real quick, since it's finally made it to Texas and both places are there, we got to settle the, de- uh, the, the debate. What a burger or in and out you know I'm not an in-and-out guy, and you and I both agreed to this. Yeah, that, well, okay. I let the fans know because they didn't, and they weren't privy to our conversation. Yeah, okay, so here's my opinion of in-and-out. The burgers are fine. They're not great. They're, they're fine. The fries, worst fries in, like, fast food. Yes, yes. I... Well, besides maybe, like, Burger King, you know, like, the ones that, like, I'm not even putting in the category. Mm-hmm. But, like, I would take Wendy's and, like, McDonald's fries over in-and-out fries. Here's the thing. In-and-out fries... You know how they put them in, like, the potato crusher or whatever? Yep. Uh, you know, at the very end, you just get those, like, little tiny french fries that taste like potato chips. And it's like, I'm not I'm not down for that. <laughs> like, you drink, like, one of their milkshakes and, like, you get lightheaded. You, you know? You're, getting, you're, like, about to pass out because it's the milkshake's so thick. Oh, yeah. It takes forever to suck it out. Pause. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a while to... Suck, pause, 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 it from the straw. Yes, there you go. <laughs> you got to pause for a little bit before you continue your sentence. Space bar, so, space bar, space bar. Continue yeah. then. But burger, though, burger-wise, let's take away the fries. I think I know where you stand on this one. Let's let them know because I'm with you on this one. Oh, man. I don't know. That's I, Honestly, I, I'm going to say it depends on the day. Okay. Because here's the thing. Like, you know, I, you know, if we're talking like maybe pure cheeseburgers, I, I, I really don't know. Here, like, Whataburger gives you much more, like, customization. You yeah. can do a lot more. You mm-hmm. could get Texas toast instead of the mm-hmm. bread. Mm-hmm. You know, but in and out, it's like, oh, well, we just sell cheeseburgers. True. So, I, but Whataburger, Whataburger also sells uh, those really good spicy chicken sandwiches and sweet tea. That's true. That's true. They do have more things in the, uh, on the menu. I just kind of lean a little bit towards in and out because that mustard fried grilled onions type deal. So that's that's where I stand. But I do I see and I don't like onions. I don't like cebolla. <laughs> we'll see. There you go. For all my Spanish speakers. Exactly. So, you know, people <laughs> from in and out like, oh, well, animal style. Oh, grilled onions. And like, like I said, I don't like onions. So maybe <laughs> that's what my opinion is. It could be. It could be. But that is like the endless debate between Californians and Texans for sure. Well, speaking of that, you were in Dallas. The Angels just came off a series with Houston. Uh, they finished up in Houston. And then also previous to that, they had a series in San Diego. Uh, we're going to go over both those series and preview the next series as the season winds down. Uh, we also just want to let you know, uh, I'll let Fernando explain a little bit too, uh, about the uh, what happened with the 66ers event. We had that too last week. We went down there, me, uh, 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 Fernando, and Courtney. So, uh Take it away, man. What do you, uh, what do we do, and how do we accomplish it? So I don't think that we'll do a super deep dive because I feel like that's probably an off-season episode. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know, it, it was as successful as it could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Todd went over to our one of our sponsors uh, and the friends of the show, Zumo Zushi Burrito. Uh, got 40 containers of sushi, and I think Todd said there was a couple sides in there. Mm-hmm. Uh and he drove them over from, uh, what, Covina That's to cool. uh, San Manuel Stadium. So that was about, what, like an hour drive? Yeah, about an west. hour drive, yeah. There you go. Uh, and uh, we went there. Uh, Todd met. Uh, Todd went over the game. We all met there casually. Uh, went on in. We sat right behind the bullpen. Um, we, you know, ate our food for a little bit. You know, I, I ate, like, a cookie that was had, with too much chocolate in it. <laughs> 
Todd had some kind of energy drink. You know, Courtney got fries. It was a good time. It was a good time. We, we chatted it up, caught up a little bit, went over. We delivered the food, and there you go. We forgot to take photos of the uh, the food being delivered. So mm-hmm. we had to message our contact, Juan, I believe his name was. And I was like, hey, bro, can you send me some photos? I don't want the fans to think we bought you the money. Yeah. <laughs> and it was real nice to get the uh, the fan support, too, on the PayPal account on halosintheinfield.com. And it was always good to get, uh, you know, any kind of help helps out towards the page. But you guys really stepped up and helped us uh, to donate to the players. Players were really, uh, you know, thankful for everything. And, uh, you know, they, they want us to come back. And, and we said we're going to be back next season and, and maybe do some more charity things for them as well as they know they have it rough. But, uh, you know, all in all, it was a good night. And, uh, you know, we had a good time there. So uh, we just wanted to let you guys know that, so the ones that donated and also have been asking about it. And if you haven't seen the pictures, Fernando posted and everything else like that on the page. Um, so let's get started. What do you want to hit first in that Padres series? Uh, the first thing I want to bring up is Tuesday's 4 nothing win. You mm-hmm. want to know what I really liked about that win? So, you know, it was like that meme where they're like, oh, they had us in the first half. Not going to lie. The Padres were – sorry, the Angels were overmatched by the Padres. Mm-hmm. Blake Snell was throwing a no-hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it did not look good for the Angels. But they turned it around. Joe Adele turned it around, correct? Yes, he did. He, uh, I believe he hit that uh, two-out – single with uh they had runners at second and third and he drilled one right up the middle to make it two to nothing and that was the biggest hit of the game and forgotten in that game too was that packy not our boy pitched five scoreless innings so he matched blake snell until and then the bullpen did the rest yeah you know what i really liked about that game all year we've been saying that the team like seems kind of flat they're not having fun mm-hmm. did you see the clip of the part of the uh, angels high-fiving each other yeah. Uh, right as Rysel Iglesias were warming up in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. That was you know, kind of cool. like they'd already won the game. Yeah, yeah. That was that was pretty trippy because my dad saw that and said, hey, wait, they still have a half inning to go. I'm like, I know. I They must be doing some sort of a pre-celebration or it's part of Rasil coming out. I don't know. But I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought it was funny. It was different. You know what I mean? Like, it was super ballsy. Like, dude, like, how, how pissed off would you be if you're part of the other team? Like, here they are celebrating a win. We haven't even got a hit yet. That is pretty ballsy. I've never seen that kind of celebration uh, mid, mid-game at all. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I've seen, you know, I've seen some things where, you know, you kind of like, you know, the manager, maybe even the, like the 2002 World Series when, you know, um, Dusty Baker took the, uh, took the ball from Ortiz and then gave it to him. Like, hey, yeah. game ball, you got it. You know, stuff like that. But I've never seen the whole celebration like that. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it was it, it was funny. Like you said, I mean, it was different. Um, I liked it. It was just the boys having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, like you said, I've, I've never seen it before. I mean, there's bat flips. There's a bunch of other oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Man, talk about like an FU. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if we're yeah. going to celebrate a win. And you know what? That, that season series too with San Diego, um, it was pretty even back and forth. Um, so oh, yeah. Yeah. for the Angels, I believe both teams, it, it was it was two two game sets. Yes, and sure. I believe in once in each series, the opposite team got their cheeks clapped, and then the next day it was the opposite. Yeah, yeah. There was really no close like knock them out, drag them out game, but just the fact that yeah. they split them like that it was pretty crazy. Um, so yeah, that game was pretty good for nothing, uh, you know, in San Diego, big crowd. Uh, I think the angels fans traveled down there. There was a lot of, uh, fans that came to, uh, our tailgate that went to that too. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. We were going to uh, tag like crazy that whole series. Yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty cool. And again, we like for the fans to keep doing that. And that, uh, that makes you, uh, that makes you uh, know that uh, they're thinking about us during the game. And that's pretty cool that, that they're showing up and stuff like that. So we're going to definitely get a lot of that next year too. But, uh, like you said, so they won one, lost one in Anaheim. They started out this series winning the first game was a four, nothing, um, game two. What happened in game two? Uh, they lost. Yeah, they lost five to eight. Oh, oh yeah, eight to five. Um, I just remember that game. It was eight to one. Uh, there was a really bad second inning, right? There was a they they walked a gang of players in that game. 
Yeah, so they uh, they gave up eight runs. Every run the Padres got was in that second inning, and that was just the inning that did not ever end. It just kept going. It kept dragging along. It was just really bad. I believe they had five walks, if I'm not mistaken, in that inning, uh, four of which uh, walked in single runs. So that's pretty bad. But if you, if you could look at – if you could take out two things in that game, and this is what we've been talking about all season, Fernando, is the fact that – in that game, eight to one, most times the Angels go down like that. They're whimpering out. They're not showing up a fight, whatever, like that. Number number one that happened in that game is they shut the Padres down, like you said. No damage the rest of the game. And number two, they put up a fight. You know, Suzuki Suzuki yeah. knocked in a run or something like that, or a couple runs with a, a two run homer, and then uh, and then Adele went deep with a two run homer, and they were in it, eight to five in the eighth inning. That's all we ask for as fans is that they, they push yep. and, and give us a shot to win a game or give us a shot to put a couple guys on base and maybe bring the tying run to, to the plate, even if we don't get nothing. That's what we're looking yep. for as fans because so much t- times this year, you've touched on it, I've touched on it, Courtney's touched on it. They just don't put up a fight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, they could have easily just, like you said, rolled over and whimpered out, you know, old yeller could have already been behind the shed, <laughs> but you know, they at least did give themselves an opportunity. And I don't know, man, Joe Adele is going to be a problem. Joe yes. Adele is, he's good. He's proving like, Hey guys, like you guys wrote me off last year. I'm still here. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like all the Joe Adele haters were quiet. I don't know if you remember, like when we were talking, you know, back in June, like, Hey, is it time to call up Joe Adele? A lot of people are like, oh, he's not major league ready. He's not going to be major league ready. Let's trade him. He's a scrub. He's a loser. We don't need him. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard any Adele slander anymore. His defense is good. He's made good plays with his arm. Mm-hmm. He's having good at bat. Is his batting average there yet? No, but, I mean, keep in mind, this is still a young kid. I don't care if you're batting, you know, 230. If you're having productive at bats, challenging the pitcher, you know, doing the things you have to do to at least feel like your bat, uh, your at bat had an impact in the game. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. And Brandon Marsh and Joe Adele are so far showing, like, hey, these guys can play here. I agree because um, going back to what you said in the off season too, we filled it a lot of uh, questions on the other network about how the boo. yeah boo. <laughs> we won't mention the name, uh, but but the fact that the Angels. Uh, everyone was saying, let's trade Adele. Let's trade Adele before the season starts. Let's get that starter we couldn't get in free agency. Like you said, all the way up until he was called up, let's trade him, trade him, trade him, trade him, give up on Even him. Even when he was called up. Yeah, they didn't want him. And, and yes, remember, you and I both said, watch. He's going to get his hits down. He's going to start walking. Because he, he was so much more patient right off the bat. We saw that right away. He was patient, taking pitches, not striking out. And then all of a sudden he started getting hits, getting on bases, getting infield hits. It started progressing. And then all of a sudden he's hitting gappers, doubles, triples. Now he's hitting home runs. And it's all starting to come together, like you said. The batting average is going to be last to come up. But it is decent for for this truly being his rookie year. So um, I'm excited, like you are. And I'm glad you brought up Marsh, too. Uh, and then, uh, you know, these, some, some of these guys are playing out the streak or at the season but with fire and that's what that's all you want you want this team to just you know we're not gonna make the playoffs let's give some teams obviously like you mentioned last week that we're gonna be playing down the stretch are all contending let's give them some problems let's not give let's not be a pushover for them getting into the postseason hey we can ruin some postseasons here yeah we can we absolutely can i mean we can definitely make it hard for oakland Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think we'll be able to do much with Houston or even the White Sox, but we could definitely kill the uh, Mariners off. Yes, we can. We we could actually put a stake through them if they don't do it th- to themselves. Because uh, I don't know if you <laughs> saw they they lost two of three to Arizona, so that yeah that hurt. Do Arizona keeps beating a lot of good teams, yet they can't beat <laughs> anyone else. Like they killed the Padres, or they just killed the Mariners. It's just like, what are we doing here? Yeah, the I Rockies mean- have been doing that too. Which makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, they've, they've rolled over for everyone else, but when they need to get, uh, when they need to be pushovers for other teams, they're all uh uh uh. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So um, let me ask you this, uh, real quick, before we move on. Okay. So Joe Adele, mm-hmm. is he by default the starting right fielder going into 
you know, next season? Or do you think the Angels need to go out there and get another Juan Lagares or maybe resign a Lagares in case? Or do you think Adele, as of right now, you know, assuming nothing bad happens, has the nod next year? Like, hey, this is your position. We're going to write it in, uh, in pencil. Um, I think a couple things have to happen first. I think okay. you have to move Upton. You can't bench – you can't have him, the fourth outfielder, making that much money. So somehow he has to get moved. And then I believe that you have to spend a lot of money on a shortstop to justify the fact of not adding another outfielder. And then – Dan Garcia said no. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't care what he says. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is I think if you do those two things, I think that gives you the option of saying, okay, do we uh, – Trout coming back injured – uh, or or uh, off the injury, missing all the year because let's just—he's not coming back this year. Do you move him to either left or right? And then you know, I because to me, I, if those two things happen, it's it just comes down to where you put Trout. And then I would keep Marsh in there, and I would keep Adele in there, and I'd say let them start from the uh, first. I mean, if they have a great spring training, let them start. Unless you add another outfielder, which I don't think they necessarily have to. Unless you bring back Fowler or someone as a fourth string um, catcher or a first fourth string outfielder, yeah, I, I literally would just leave it the way it is, man. I think youth youth wise, right now those two guys are on the up and up, and I'm really I, I would rather spend that money either on shortstop or pitching like bullpen. Here, you know, here's my thing. My my opinions change. I've been saying like, well, I think next year we're gonna make the playoffs. This is not going to be a popular opinion, but bearing anything crazy, I don't think next year is going to be when we're – we might sneak into the playoffs next year, but I don't think next year is going to be our, hey, that's the year. Mm -hmm. I think we're looking more at 2023 is going to be the year. I think we have about three to four more years of a good trout. Mm -hmm. You know, where we're talking like trout, like being the best player in baseball. After that four-year mark, maybe we're talking about a good trout but not the best version of Trout. I agree. So I think 2023 and 2024 are really the two years that we're going to eye. Okay. So maybe that means, you know, maybe we go after a pitcher this year, but <clears throat> instead of looking at the free agency market, we look more at the trade market. That could happen. I don't mind. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind getting, you know, somebody who's going to be good next year, but is going to be really good the year afterward because – you know, everyone keeps talking about, well, we need to sign pitching this offseason. And I agree as far as the bullpen, we need to sign pitching because there's a lot of options. But as far as starters, there's not a lot of good young options that we can build around. Yeah, I, besides of what we got on the, on the talent right now, my thing is a lot is going to be done or is going to be due to what happens in the offseason with the collective bargaining agreement. If that, if somehow, some way they could pass that hard cap, do you realize the amount of players that are going to be getting cut? You know, like be cap casualties, and or they'll have to be traded, and like a team like the Dodgers will have to get what they can get for them. So they're going to have multiple guys they're going to have to get rid of. The Angels will have if they can if they can use that salary cap and get rid of Upton. All of a sudden, they're a guy, they're a team that can inherit some of these contracts. Whereas before, I just don't know. I, the Upton contract is going to be so hard to get rid of. Like I said, it's not impossible. We've been talking about this forever, but mm -hmm. it's going to be hard. Well, yeah, because you're going to have to depend on what you said. You were the first one to bring up uh, Griffin Canning, and I thought that was a brilliant idea. Um, if 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 his back is totally healthy and they didn't mess it up, the training staff, and <laughs> he's a good piece, like you said. He's a wild card. He could be a guy that uh, could be better than Andrew Heaney if someone gets to him and works with him and gets inside that head because I think he does have a mentality like an Andrew Heaney. But if you can get him focused, he could be really good. And, and uh, so with the other pitchers emerging, he's not necessarily a guy we need anymore. And then maybe a Jaime Bieri could throw him in. Um, yeah. And, and may maybe you can you can unload that contract. Um, yeah, but but I think you're right. It would take two pitchers to get rid of Upton. Yeah, and people keep saying like, "Oh, well, you know, no one's gonna want Canning. No one's gonna want Canning." And like, I I, I think people undervalue Canning. Mm -hmm. He's young. He's very controllable. He's still very cheap. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I you know, if we're talking about every team in baseball, I think over 20 teams would want Canning. Mm -hmm. I mean, if 
if okay, here's the thing. If there was a, let's just say Griffin Canning was on the Mets, mm-hmm. and we found out that you know Griffin Canning was going to be available this offseason for cheap, or you know just to take a bad contract. Well, maybe that's like a bad example because the Mets have a lot of money; they wouldn't be picking up a bad contract. But like the Pirates or the Diamondbacks, we'd be like, man, we need to get that guy. Yeah, you know, oh, he's young. We can maybe we teach him something here. Like every team's gonna is gonna think the same thing. A, a team to me that would that would be a perfect fit for him is Miami, because they tend to take pitchers on you know take flyers on pitchers, and their pitching staffs are usually always good. You know, we, we either they develop bullpen arms or they develop starters, and they've got yeah. quite a few starters they brought in right now. So, I think a team like that, like you said, or a team like Colorado, something like that, would take a flyer on him. Because remember, they took uh, Tyler Chatwood from us a few years back. Why not a Griffin Canning too? And they controlled Chatwood for a while as well, and he did pretty decent for him. So, um, yeah, that's a huge. And then that's the other thing: if they move to a universal DH, maybe a guy like Upton Stock rises. Maybe instead of having him out in the outfield being a liability, maybe he can go to a National League team that needs a DH. And a lot of them probably will. Yeah, yeah. So that's another thing. <laughs> if the cards fall right, maybe we can get what we want. But uh, it's it's a stretch. It's a stretch, definitely. Yeah. I mean, maybe Upton would be a more beneficial DH. Mm-hmm. His defense isn't quite there. No, and he's got a, he's got a noodle arm, unfortunately. Um, sometimes he can make <laughs> some, some plays out there, and then other times he looks kind of lazy, and then he doesn't fire the ball back in time. So yeah, you're basically if you're getting a single to left field in Anaheim Stadium or any stadium where Upton's playing, you're going to score from second. You know, it's, he hasn't thrown <laughs> too many guys out. So yeah, yeah. So um, all right. So moving on from that Padres series, they went to then Houston for a three game set versus a team going into the series. They have been combined in the last thirty games, four and twenty six in Houston. So that's over three years' worth of sucking against a very good baseball team. Um, how did it start? Started off with a loss. <laughs> five to ten. So it was a very it was a fairly lopsided game. And it wasn't even like a five to ten where it was competitive. It was a pretty lopsided five to ten. You know, Angels just seemed out of it the whole time. You know, it was unfortunate because Shogo Tani, uh, he got a home run, right? Yes, yes. So, you know, always rough when that happens. When uh, and then you know, speaking of rough, he also got roughed up on the mound. Yeah, yeah, he'd, we were hoping he'd get his double digit win, but it was not to be that game one. Um, thoughts real quick on Otani. Uh, now, today, as of today, Monday, September uh, 13th, um, Vlad Guerrero Jr. has now passed him with home run number 45 for Toronto. Toronto's just on in fuego right now. Um, yeah. You had a guy who had a huge lead on him, which is Shohei Otani. And again, me and you both called it. We were very, very leery of him being in that all-star home run derby. And I don't necessarily think it was <laughs> his swing. Probably if the pitches were as good as the Mets pitcher was, maybe that doesn't mess up his swing. But his swing looked jacked up from the guy who was pitching to him. Man, um, he has not been the same. And now it's like, will he finish with 50? Because we all had him penciled in before at 60. Will he finish 50? Do you think so or no? He's currently as 44? 44, yes. I don't know. He's, he's not having uh, very many good at-bats. I think it's getting worse and harder for him. Mm-hmm. Because he, as we progress into the season, he's becoming more and more uh, the only batter we have. David Fletcher's cooling off. Mm-hmm. Jared Walsh, you know, also hasn't been all that great since the All-Star break. He flared mm-hmm. up for a little bit for about a week there and then kind of fizzled again. But, you know, it's literally just Shohei Otani. Sure, you have Brandon Marsh and Joe Adele, but none of those guys are producing homers either. Yeah, and that's the thing. They they are now – there's 19 games left. So 19 games to get six home runs. I just don't know because his at-bats aren't consistent. Like you said – um, he's not getting pitched to like he was before, like you said, and he's just he's, his swing isn't there, and he's not being going to left field. I think when he's able to hit to all fields, he's opening up his swing. He's not worried about a home run. The home runs come when they come. Uh, now it seems like it, it's just, he's taking way too many rips 
again at trying to hit balls out. It reminds me of last year when his helmet kept flying off because he's swinging so violent. Uh, I think he's gotten back into that. And again, it's not like Paul Sorrento's jumping off his ass to to, to try to adjust his swing. Paul Sorrento's still eating potato chips on the uh, dugout bench. So, hey, hey, he has to catch that Charmander. <laughs> oh no, that's a, that's Jeremy Reed. Yeah, Jeremy Reed has oh, to catch it. My yeah. God. He's the one that's playing Pokemon Go. He's the only one still on the server. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) I got to ask this. Are you a little more worried about Otani not winning MVP? Like where we currently sit right now? Yes. um, Because of two reasons. And that's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. being one. And the Blue Jays all of a sudden in that wild card. I mean, I think they might have gotten the spot tonight, um, so like or tied or whatever. But if they make the postseason, and Guerrero is a big reason for him for for them making the postseason, despite everything that Otani has done, because he gets that MVP with his pitching as well. Cy Young. Some people said, well, they don't take in con- uh, contention his his home run hitting, but he gets that MVP because of his pitching and hitting. And the fact that now, yeah, you can justify still giving it to him, but he is being threatened beyond belief right now by Vlad Guerrero Jr. Because if Vlad Guerrero is one of the main reasons those young Blue Jays get into the postseason, I don't see how you can't give it to Vlad Guerrero. Yeah, the Blue Jays just stepped into the top spot. Number one wild card seed. Wow. Okay. We'll see. That changes things. You know, yeah, New York's had half a game out or something. Wow, that's crazy. And then, not to mention the fact that you know, Otani's now been roughed up twice on the mound. He's he's got like a 3.36 ERA and he's only got nine wins. I understand, oh, you know, nine wins is horrible, but mm-hmm. you know, if we're talking about a pitcher who's got like 10 wins, he's got an ERA closer to the bottom of the threes, uh, instead of like you know, if we're running up here, you know, he'd be closer to four for running. Yeah. No, no, you're closer to 3.5, sorry, for running up. So that's kind of where the worry comes now, where, you know, Otani had this locked up a week and a half ago. All of a sudden, we're like, maybe it's not as close now as we thought. Yeah, I agree. Had he continued his streak from June um, in, in, into July, we'd be talking about Otani already won it in the beginning of September yeah. or late August. We'd be talking about, hey, is he going to hit 60-65? Is he going to get 13-14 wins? Um, but, you know, it's all about the team, too. And, and you said if he's not seeing pitches because there's no one really around him, yeah, that's or, – or the guys around him aren't picking up the slack, yeah, it's going to be a team thing with him there, too. But um, I totally get you, man. Uh, I, I think I think it's a good point. I think Vlad, Vlad Guerrero's now in the driver's seat, I think. I, I think it's that close. From, from he, If he just keeps continuing what he's doing and they get that top spot of the wild card when they were below us at one point there in August. So that's crazy. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. But, um, I mean, hopefully Otani can maybe pick it up a little bit. I mean, if he can get that 10th win, he can at least get a little closer to that 50 number. Yeah. And uh, we'll see. All right. And then uh, since you brought up Jared Walsh, what do you see wrong with his swing? I don't know, man. I mean, I think it's just a mixture. I, I don't know if maybe he just didn't come back fully healthy or what, but he just kind of been – he hasn't been the same over the last, you know, second half of the season, really. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, I've been seeing – I know. It doesn't look like he's pressing, mm-hmm. but he, he is pulling the ball a lot. That's just what I was going to say. He just reminds me a lot of Cole Calhoun. Um, he's, not, he's not going the other way at all. And I think that's what that's what kills averages, especially with the shift, man. I mean, the shift just takes away so much. Um, but yeah, that's okay. So that was game one in Houston. What happened in game two? Uh, we won. Jose Suarez had a really good performance. Um, I I think Jose Suarez is really trying to prove that he deserves a really good consideration going into next season to be a part of the bullpen or be part of the rotation. Mm-hmm. Fast. But, uh, yeah, he looked good. Fast Times said he should that win locked him in for next year. Do you do you agree with that? Do you think you think he's? I know you said he consideration, but do you think he's a lock if there's really no real big names added? Well, let's see. He's seven and seven with three point five nine ERA. Um, I want to see just a little bit more. I just want to see him continue to prove that hey, he he. I mean, he only pitched five point two innings. Mm, okay. Okay. 
That's fair. So, you know, I, I want to see you, you know, consistently get past, you know, the six inning mark, six inning mark. You know, for me, that's kind of always been the benchmark for my pitchers. I want my starters to give me six solid innings, quality starts almost as often as possible. Sandy was doing that before he went down. You think he's locked in for next year? I think a healthy Sandoval is definitely a lock-in for next year. Cool, cool. And, it's, you know, it, it feels really good to say that, you know, as of right now, or even if we get Cobb back, which I wouldn't mind either, but right now we got two guys locked in and another guy potentially locked in, Suarez, too. So that's not bad, you know, and, and you know, adding an ace to go along with that and you have a battle towards the bottom with guys like Detmers, Packy, and a few others fighting for that fifth spot. You know, we've we got a nice little log jam right there. It's going to be good uh, good to have. Yeah, I don't think the Angels need to go out. Because, I mean, I don't know if there's going to – there's certainly not an ace in the free agent market. There's no Garrett Cole. There's no Trevor Bauer. So I don't think they need to go out there and overspend on a free agent. If you can get Scherzer here on a great deal, well, then yes, of course. But, you know, besides that, if you whiff on Scherzer, he stays with the Dodgers or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen with him. Um, I think you need to go out there and trade for a guy who – could be an ace mm -hmm. you know maybe get kyle Hendricks from the cubs maybe get you know uh, luis castillo from the reds sunny gray one of those kind of guys and there's a couple of pitchers i know um we got beebs over in uh cleveland yep. uh Beaver, yeah. detroit uh i know has a starter or two that i wouldn't mind uh setting up that are have ace potential um i think those would go Really good. I mean, to have a young staff like we already do, and then you add it, like you said, instead of getting a crafty veteran like at 37, 38, and you could seal in a starter at 26, 27, which is an ace or a right or a potential ace, I think that'd be phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you can't always just look for like, oh, hey, let's go out there and get the biggest name free agent. I mean, it's kind of what got us into this mess. Yes. You know, we talked about that with the urinating tree interview. Sometimes you need to go out there and make the best calculated move mm -hmm. you know i feel like a lot of the times the angels will whiff on a big free agent like garrett cole like trevor bauer and then they go out there and like all right cool we're gonna get who goes to hayron or we're gonna get jose Quintana. <laughs> you know we need to stop trying to go after a lot of these like you know guys if you're going after jose Quintana because you've already got you know like a scherzer and you already got you know whoever else and Quintana's kind of like hey we're gonna give him a shot and a look okay that's a different situation. But when I, Jose Quintana is meant to be a stopgap guy in the rotation for the year, that's the moves that have not panned out for the Angels in the last, you know, half decade. I agree. <clears throat> if, you're, if you're depending on those guys to be anchors for your rotation, like you said, it's no good. Like, say, for instance, we picked up Quintana, a Trevor Cahill, and we're like, hey, we're going to use these guys for long relief, whether we're up big or we're down big. I'm like, hey. Perfect. Let's let's do it. I think those are the perfect guys for it. I don't know. I still got PTSD. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> but if they were getting one of them and said, okay, they're both going to try for that fifth spot, I'd still be okay with it. But anything above fit five with well, those dumpster diving type pitchers like we've seen, like you mentioned in the last few years, no, no. Anything above that, that just means we're going to have a bad year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're only as strong as your weakest link. I say that all the time. If we're looking at guys like Detmers, Suarez, hell, even Canning as your weakest link, well, then we're having a different discussion. If you're looking at any of those three guys to be, hey, this is our number three in the rotation, as of right now, I'm a little hesitant. I agree. I'm like, I could see maybe Patrick Sandoval being a three, or I'd prefer him to be more of a four. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't know, man. I I feel better going into next season with the guys that we have right now, but I don't want any of those guys to be locks in the rotation. I want those guys to truly be battling because we went out there and got like two more consistent pieces, you know? And like you said, I might actually consider Cobb to be one of those pieces as long as he's not the piece. I agree <clears throat> because you know. I'm with you. I, I like Sandy. He could be a three. But to uh, this young in his career, I think a four, like you said, would be perfect. And if you're able to throw Cobb in there as a three, Otani a two, and like you said, add another star uh, ace, uh, that's a hell of a rotation already with all that back end that you could pick and choose from to spot start or try to take that spot if they get hot. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I understand that the sexy thing to do is go out there and, you know, sign all these big names. 
But at the end of the day, a good, solid rotation is built from the farm system. Mm-hmm. You know, we see it consistently. And, I mean, good teams are built from the farm system. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the old days of the Yankees buying championships and us trying to have the mentality to win games is kind of dead. It's not working like it used to. Nowadays, a lot of these, you know, teams build from within. You know, the Astros did it. The Athletics constantly do it. You know, a lot of we, we constantly see it because of our division, you know, except with the exception of maybe the Rangers. I yeah. mean, even the Mariners are slowly starting to do it. Yeah, and then you got other teams like Milwaukee. Uh, it's a it's a, it's a built from within team, like you said. Cardinals are always yeah. built from within. Uh, you yeah, know, the, the Cubs for a while were there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's the kind of thing that we, you've been talking about since I met you, about how man we wish we, we would have did the rebuild years ago and, and did it from within, because then we can tolerate a losing season here, a losing season there. But you know, typically, if you do it right the max would be three to four years on a complete teardown, rebuild, get back into postseason contention type deal. And um, they've never done that. They've just stopgap, stopgap, stopgap. And that's why. It's the guy behind you. Yeah, it is. He's been looking at me kind of weird this entire time, but still, uh, yeah. He's about to pose for the photo at the grave. (laughs) Dude, that was an awesome meme. That got so many likes right away. (laughs) I don't know. I got called a fake fan a couple of times. Oh, geez. That Wait. was on Calling All Angels. Really? They were like, oh, fake fan, fake fan. Dude, Joe was the one that wanted you to post on there. He sent me a message. He's like, dude, you got to yeah. put that on there. So <laughs> 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 whatever. But, hey, it's a lot of honks. You know how it is, man. We're, we're, trying, to, we're trying to weed them out, you know. We're trying to weed those people out. Hey, they've been sneaking more and more onto the page. If you look on our Instagram, we're getting a couple of honks here and there. We are. We got to, you got to make a post that says a no honk zone. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right. So uh, they were able to eke out that win. Suarez gets his seventh victory. Uh, so he goes to 500. Not bad for a guy who entered the rotation midway through. Um, so that, you know, pretty good victory there. And that would take us to the uh, finale, which was the other, the other day. Oh, wait. Well, I want to touch on real quick. Uh, in that game, I know Rossiel came in, looked very, very hittable. He's looked dominant against any other team, but they brought out a stat that against Houston this year, before he got that save, he was 0-2 with only one save and a 7.98 ERA. And he didn't, yeah. look, he didn't look that great, and he got lucky that uh, I think it was Correa uh, fouled off a pitch and Stassi caught it, you know, to end the game. On territory, yeah. Yeah, but they had a 4-2 lead, and Houston had the uh, second and third right before that. So not uh, your best outing for Rossiel, which has been lights out. Yeah, I mean, you know, hey, they can't all be good outings. And, you know, it's obviously concerning that he's been struggling against Houston. But who on the Angels hasn't been struggling against Houston? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So after that, they they got their record to 5-27 and in the last 32 against Houston. So that led us up to uh, the the finale against Houston. That led us to five and twenty eight against Houston. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I take it we didn't win that game. We did not. We lost one to three. And who got the start in that one? I forgot who started that game. It was Berea. Not a bad start again. You know he's had a couple stinkers, but he's yep. had a few games where he's hung in there and just maybe served up a home run two runs, three runs, max, and he's got tagged with a loss. Yeah, he got an earned run on this one. They only pitched for about four innings, but he did strike out six. He walked four. That was kind of the oh, Achilles heel there. Okay. Yeah, the, the four walks. Uh, and then Quijada came in and gave him two runs, and that was the scoring for the Astros. And the Angels, again, went pretty quiet in that game, right? <clears throat> yeah, four hits. Not going to win a lot of games with only four hits. That is, uh, it has been the same old song and dance. Uh, you know how you talked about the, you know, the, the team being rah rah in San Diego. They played good here, you know, or in one of the games in Houston, and then just, you know, it just reverts. It keeps reverting back to just bad play, bad at bats, uh, non situational hitting type deals, and then the team just looks again terrible. I think the only run they got in that game was uh, from um, uh, what was it the other outfielder? Lagares. Um, yeah, there you go, Lagars. He's been hitting home runs lately, and he had another one there in Minute Maid. Yeah, I made it Juan Juan. 
Mm-hmm. We're trying to get him on the page too. I messaged him again too, so you never know. It's a shot in the dark. Maybe after the season he'll come on or something. But uh, um, that's a. It's just frustrating, you know. Um, you tr- you try to hang in there with this team and watch every time. Um, you just want them to give you something, and when they're not, uh, you know, doing situational things, you just, you just wonder what is wrong in the culture in the clubhouse at times. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's hard to have any kind of culture when, you know, you have guys constantly coming in and out because of injuries. Uh, you have an inconsistent coaching staff because, you know, guys were, guys got fired before the season started. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a mix of, you know, guys who were here pre-Perry. Um, so it's just I, – I, I really don't know what the case is. I mean, I don't – I honestly, I think the unfortunate part is I don't think there's the quick fix. I think the Angels are definitely in a position where they're going to be struggling – Mm-hmm. Maybe even next year, if they really don't try to sit down and figure out what the problem is, I, you know, I, I think Artie Moreno needs to sit down and really, uh, you know, kind of have a gut check here and think like, hey, what's going wrong? Got you. Here, here's one other question I have for you. Um, it's kind of off topic, but I want to know how good you are in gambling, or how much sure. you would, you would put on this. The record for injuries in a season was 57 for the Seattle Mariners on the Major League Ball Club. And uh, that's how many hit the IL for them in 1987. The Angels, as we stand right now, have just hit 53. Can they come up with five more injuries in the next 19 games to break the all-time record for that training staff? Woo! I I mean, I hope not. (laughs) Because, I mean, hey, that's a bad record to have. But, hey, I mean, maybe if they do, Artie can be like record-breaking season. <laughs> we'll sell the we'll, we'll sell we'll even sell the t-shirts. Maybe we'll get maybe, Randy on it. Maybe he'll maybe he'll put a patch on their on their hat. <laughs> 2021. There you go, hat club. There you go. <laughs> Yo, I got the limited edition infirmary patch. <laughs> Ooh, that's fresh, bro. Would you get that? I got it a hat club. <laughs> the hat brims. Uh, what was that? Brim something or other. They uh they have a lot of those <laughs> shows on there. I don't know. I don't know. Rather Chris subscribes like a thousand uh, hat pages. <laughs> so every time I go on Instagram, I like I'm like bombarded with like, oh, Brim Girls going live, Brim Jody's going live, Brim Brim Thomas. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> they just talk about what's crazy, they'll talk about like a hat in a different color, like a Rockies hat in teal green. Yeah. But it has the Rockies like ninety-five commemorative thing. They're all, oh man, you could be the first one to bid on this hat. It starts at sixty dollars. I'm like, what the? F-? <laughs> yeah, I'm on sixty dollars, dude. They got some hats on there that that sell for like one hundred and fifty, two hundred bucks. I'm like, nah. I'm good with well, it. hey, I mean, you know, it, it's in the eyes of the collector, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I have, you know, an Albert Pujol signed baseball helmet. Some people would be like, uh, that's lame. But a collector would be like, oh, that's sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think you look past the – you as a fan look past with that particular item, with what he did in Anaheim. You're thinking more Cardinals. You're thinking more Hall of Fame, yeah. more collectible. Yeah, I get that. I totally get that. Yeah, I mean, I see my Pujols helmet. It's still, like, one of my favorite things in my collection, not because we had good memories of him as an angel, but because, hey, I mean, regardless, that's still Albert Pujols. I know we hate him, but I, like you said, when he retires, I'm not going to really remember Pujols as an angel. I remember, obviously, the pain and the, the horrible <laughs> situation that came out of that. But, obviously, we're going to remember him as a cardinal. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, you think of a player in their best positive light. I'll, I'll, I'll be thinking about those times he tortured uh, the Astros or he tortured the uh, Rangers in the World Series. I'm not going to be yeah. thinking of uh, Pujols, angels. That's Torturing us. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to think of him doing that. <laughs> Mr. Double Play. <laughs> yeah, right. I was playing uh, MLB The Show, the new one, uh-huh. uh, with my with my boss. And um, I had to use Albert Pujols because uh, it didn't update him. I, I don't know why it was offline or whatever, so I used offline rosters. And I was like, God, I forgot he was on the Angels. God, <laughs> I forgot how bad he was. How did I used to hit home runs with this guy? Dude, I'm telling you, even on the video game, I think it was t- 2020 I played MLB The Show, and um, the last one I played, or 21, that dude, I couldn't hit the ball out of the infield sometimes. He was always hitting grounders. 
So, and I'm like, yeah. well, he's going to be thrown out. <laughs> yeah, they gave him like a 30 something power. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> Zero speed for years. Yep, yep, yep. Plantar fasciitis got him. But, uh, yeah. all right. So, right now, as it sits, the Angels are 70 and 73. You got 19 games remaining in the season, uh, 143 games in. Uh, what do you think they'll finish? Do you think they're going to finish 500 or what do you got? I don't know, man. It's going to be really hard with the guys that they have here. Well, with the get with the teams that they have to deal with over the next, you know, what, two and a half, three weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, after tomorrow's game, or what the time this is released, it'll be today's game with the White Sox. They've announced they have Packy for that game. But I mean, after that, I don't think they have a starter for Wednesday or Thursday. And they don't. No, they don't. I'm looking right now. The White Sox haven't even announced any starters yet. And they've locked up that division, right? That division's over with. Um, I think the White Sox are fighting for best record. Is that the only thing they have to play for? Or? Well, I don't think uh, – as of right now, the Giants are the only team that's locked up a spot officially in the playoffs. Okay. The White Sox, yeah. The second place is Cleveland, and they are 12 games out. Yeah. That's Man, I wish, sometimes I wish the Angels were in that candy-ass division. Yeah, or the uh, uh, National League East, one of the two. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, the Central Shore, they have the White Sox have 82 wins. But after that, you have Cleveland at 69, Detroit at 68, Kansas City at 65, and Minnesota at 63. That's, that's a, a really bad division. That's a mediocre division, man, for sure. Yeah, uh, I mean, when your second team hasn't even broke 70 wins, yeah, and we're sitting there at 70 in fourth place. Exactly. You, know, you got Seattle and Oakland at 77, and then Houston at 84. I mean, uh, look at the East. They have four teams with 80 wins. Oh, yeah, and by the way, Tampa Bay is almost at 90 wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And by the way, they have Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, you, did you see that game? Speaking of which, Baltimore, Baltimore had a no-hitter on Toronto going into the seventh inning. I think they were up like two to nothing, and they wound up losing to Toronto ten to two. <laughs> they yeah. ten runs in the seventh. So bad. <laughs> yeah, so it's bad. A terrible. Dude, what's happening to San Diego? They're lo- they're getting creamed again. Four yeah, straight losses. Four straight losses. They're tied with Cincinnati, and all of a sudden, look at now. St. Louis is a half game out of that wild card spot. They're tied. Yeah, that's that's incredible. They've come out of nowhere. That- not to mention, yeah, Philadelphia, who's, you know, two and a half games out. So, I mean, they're still breathing down their necks. I mean, that's not that far. There's a lot of baseball to be played in some of these divisions. Unfortunately, not with us. <laughs> we, we're not, like you said, we, we can only affect a couple teams down the stretch. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that we're in this position yet again. But, you know, we, we keep saying it. Hopefully next year is going to be the year. But, you know, there needs to definitely be a gut check. There needs to definitely be a, uh, hey, we're changing the narrative this year. There mm-hmm. needs to be a slight change of culture. There needs to be some some key moves made. And I don't – the Angels don't need to go out there and try to win every offseason. They need to go out there and have the best offseason they can have. And I think that's the problem. People associate wins uh, with big names, and that's not the case. When well, We've learned that over the last couple of years. The Angels need to get – Whoever's going to be best for them, not whoever's going to be, be- uh, best for, you know, the off-season Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree, and that's again our problem right here. That's Artie Moreno. He's he's got to lay off the name thing because <clears throat> I think uh, for years, if you know your football, being a Broncos fan back in the day, Al, Al Davis would go for names. Um, you know, Jerry Jones did the same thing, and those guys have in common that they're very hands-on owners. They want to be a part of every decision, no matter how big, no matter how small. I never thought I'd be talking about an Angels owner being like Arnie Moreno, where he has to be in the know about everything. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, hey, you got anything else on this one, man, about as far as a series, the upcoming one with Chicago? Because I know you touched on it that uh, we really don't have any pitching matchups for that one. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I don't see a situation where we're going to win that series. I sure hope so, but I mean, we're going to be overmatched. You know, I'm hoping our boy Packy can put up a fight tomorrow and prove, like, hey, maybe he can once again be that consideration next year for uh, come spring training. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously, we're all cheering for Packy. You know, like you said, we have a soft spot in our hearts for him. So, um, you know, hopefully he can at least perform tomorrow. He's 0-1 with a 2.57 VRA. It's not bad. That's Definitely not, not bad. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, he's faced some good teams. I mean, he faced the Padres. He's about to face the White Sox. He pitched a little bit against the Dodgers. Um, I'd like to get him on in the offseason if we can, if we could pull him again to maybe just see how he felt about pitching in those big situations and, uh, you know, and getting his feet wet. So, yeah, yeah so maybe we can arrange that for him. But, uh, but yeah, we, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, we got a lot going on for the offseason and everything. Anything you want to plug or talk about before we get out of here? Uh, make sure to buy the merch on Redbubble. Uh, a lot of new merch that just dropped. Some recall Artie Moreno merchandise. Obviously, a spinoff as <laughs> to this saga of stuff happening in California. And, you know, regardless of, you know, what side of the spectrum you're for all that, this is just kind of a fun way to tie it to Angels baseball. There's a lot of Angels fans who are angry about Artie Moreno. So we, uh, our boy Randy decided he, you know, A, try to make a joke with it. And then he posted it. And people were like, oh, well, this is hilarious. And we thought to ourselves, hey, maybe we should sell this. Um, obviously we're still putting the money from our merchandise sales to, to various things. We don't get any of the profit We're none of us are profiting from the show. Actually, I can guarantee you that we've all lost a lot of money from doing the show, but, uh, we love doing it. That is a fact. <laughs> that is a fact. Yeah. We are not in the black. Let's just say we're, we're definitely in the red line right now. So very red, very red. It's not even like close. Yeah, exactly. Maybe one day that'll change, but for right now, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're doing this for the fans. That's for definitely, uh, we're, we're don't, we're on a donation basis out of our pockets as well. So yeah, exactly. So we're not only be asking for you, uh, donations out of your guys, we're asking for donations out of us. I mean, we got a lot of generous support from the, um, why the 66ers uh, food catering event mm-hmm. but I mean you know we still paid almost half of that out of all of our pockets which is fine we've got no problem doing mm-hmm. that that's obviously something we volunteered for and, you know Todd and I have already started talking about what our next projects are going to be so you know hopefully during the holidays we're going to do something I know we're planning that ch- uh, uh, charity softball game with rocks in the outfield in January so when the details on that come out we'll go ahead and let all you guys know uh, we want to get some of the fans involved to play on our team. I feel like that'd be a lot of fun. I agree. I agree. We're going to try to pimp a home run. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to bat flip like crazy. Uh, there you go. <laughs> whether I strike gonna out or not. to pitch. <laughs> we're going to send Papa Fox to pitch, so we're going to high five like the game was over, like at eight. <laughs> I don't know if I can get him out there, man. I'd like to have him pinch hit at least, but uh, – but he's he's damn near pushing eighty. He played with us till he was sixty five. So we'll have to see. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, we'll that's fair. To... But when I bet only. Yeah, or or I could get him on as a bench coach. That'd be cool. That'd be hey, cool. there you go. Yeah. All right. So uh, for Halos in the Infield podcast, check us out on YouTube. Uh, check us out at any any of the content. You could find us by just googling us for the podcast form, or you can go to www.halosintheinfield.com to find everything there. So, uh, yeah, this has been another episode of Halos in the Infield podcast with your host, Todd Fox, and... Fernando Mendez. Viva los angelitos. Viva los angelitos, indeed. Ooh, butchered <laughs> it. I sure did. <laughs> <laughs>